Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I'm Hilmarie Hutchison, and today I am so excited to have Sachin J. Lala, founder and CEO of Liquid Retail, as my guest for this episode. Sachin started Liquid Retail in Dubai in 2016 with a purpose to use his creativity and expertise to help brands solve, listen to this, any problems faced at retail. So I'm really excited to hear about that. Sachin, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me on the show, Hilmarie. Much appreciated. Some of our listeners probably already know who you are, but for those who don't, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. My name is uh, Sachin Lala, as you said. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Liquid. We are a retail agency that focuses on anything to do with retail, whether it's offline or online. We've been in business for the last six years. Before that, I used to be at Saatchi & Saatchi, leading the Procter & Gamble business for EMEA. So I've been in the region for about 19 years. I moved from banking to advertising with my first company being Fortune Promo 7. And post that move to Saatchi, was there for about nine years before starting Liquid in 2016 with Coleman Shield. Okay, thank you for that. Now let's go even further back. Where did you come from? What's your real background? Where did you grow up and how did you end up in the UAE? Originally, I'm from India, born and brought up in a small town down south called Vishakhapatnam. Moved to Pune, which is part of Maharashtra in India. Did my education there, did my MBA. And um, my sister moved to Dubai, I think in about 2001 or 2002. And I just happened to come for a visit with clear intentions of going back. I loved what I was doing back home. I was part of the Standard Chartered team and I was I had no intention of staying back in the UAE. But as it happened, ended up getting a job here with Standard Chartered again. And you know what was supposed to be a two, three year stint, 19 years later, I'm still here. It's amazing how often we hear that. People who decide they'll come for a couple of years and then end up staying because they fall in love with Dubai and the lifestyle and what Dubai offers. That's uh, so common. Banking, Standard Chartered, to advertising with such and such. How did that happen? So banking was fun. Obviously, when you move to a new country, you want to stick to what you know. That's what I was doing back home. So when I moved here, I stuck to what I knew better. I didn't want to do too much at the same time. So I did banking for the two years. And I was part of a team that looked at product development. So we used to look at different customer service related issues and product development was part of that system. And we, you know, as I did that process a lot more with the team, I kind of started enjoying the marketing side of it. I have done my MBA in advertising and media as well. So that kind of helped. And then the switch was how do we kind of move from just selling the product to actually developing the product. And that's when I moved to a smaller setup, started my advertising career with a smaller company called Noble before moving to Fortune Promo 7. It was all about how do you go from just selling the product to kind of developing the actual product based on what people are finding interesting. At that time, obviously, I'm talking 19 years ago. At that time, credit cards were new. So all these co-branded cars were brand new. You know, you did a credit card with cricket or you did a credit card with football. These 
partnerships were brand new at that time. Now it's very common. And the entire idea was to create a product that had value than just a finance tool. The product added more a lifestyle value. And that's how it went from being banking to advertising, because that's where I thought I would be able to add more value, not only from a creative standpoint, but from understanding what people really need as a product and then develop it with the brand team. Was that then a natural flow to get into retail or what was it that then got you to decide to leave back the creative and move in, into retail? I'm born in a retail family. My dad used to own um, retail outlets back home and it kind of was natural growing up. That's all I did. I used to have a few outlets and I used to run them, started doing that very early on. It's very common for people who come from business families to help out with the business while you're still in school or while you're still in college. So that was already there. It was all what I did. And as I progressed through Saatchi and Saatchi, the first five, six years was all about above the line, looking at what brands want, what is the branding message, what are the brand values. There was a space between Saatchi and Saatchi X. So Saatchi X was the shopper marketing arm of Saatchi and Saatchi. And at that time, I had an opportunity of moving in that particular role, heading the department. And that's how retail came back into my life from just doing above the line stuff. It went back to shopper marketing, which naturally lent itself to being part of retail. And since I had done that since childhood anyways, it kind of was a very natural progression. I tried running away from retail, but it just didn't happen. It came back to me and I'm actually glad I came back into retail as I was supposed to. It came full circle for you. That's brilliant. Did you start liquid retail at the same time or was it some time before you then started liquid retail? I started back into shopper marketing in 2013. I started working with Coleman Shield, who is the co-founder of Liquid. We did some very interesting stuff, part of Saatchi X for two, three years. At the beginning of 2016, the network agencies were going through a few change and trying to find different ways of positioning what's best for the brand and for the clients. And at that time, still shopper marketing was not considered as something that you were getting backed by massive network agencies saying, okay, this is our next best bet. It was all about social. It was all about brand creation. It was all about brand messaging. So the focus on shopper marketing was still very nascent in the region, even though we had the likes of Ogilvy Action and the other guys who were trying different things. But it just, the focus wasn't there because there was a lot of other things going on. At that time, Coleman and me felt after three years of being at Saatchi X, we felt the best way to kind of prove that this particular retail segment, especially when you talk about UAE as a market, which is so retail focused for us not to have a retail focused agency was something that we thought was uh, missing that's when after three years at Saatchi X we ended up starting uh, Liquid in 2016. Okay before we continue you better just unpack a little bit more about what shopper marketing is it's probably a term that many people are familiar with. Shopper marketing is all about the part to purchase it is from being aware of the product to consider and buying through the product. So this entire process falls under shopper marketing and that's what we help brands and consumers with. You saw a gap in the market and then you decided to fill that gap by creating liquid retail. Let's talk a little bit about that. What challenges did you face in the initial stages of setting up your business? UAE by nature is very, very friendly to SMEs. They encourage entrepreneurship. But at the end of the day, you're never ready. 
because you know when you start a company there is just so many other factors you need to keep into mind the challenges that we obviously faced at the start was talent how do you kind of attract talent that wants to work for a startup because let's face it we all want to work for established companies we want to work for companies that have been there for years that gives a certain set of job security all that was obviously missing that meant that attracting any talent that had a certain history or that had a certain pedigree was not ready to kind of leave a big company and join a startup so talent was one of our biggest hiccups we issued a lot of offer letters in the first 6 months and people never joined they just backed out after we gave the offer so that was the biggest challenge i would say but over and above that all the other things that come with the territory that you take for granted so uh, obviously being part of sachi you never near really worried about trade licenses or you worried about banking or the certain fees or certain approvals or certain government entities that you need to deal with because all this was being handled by a massive team when you're part of global setup so those things obviously fell in your lap and that's one of the reasons why i changed my designation to chief everything officer it was very relevant because we did i basically had to handle everything from hey there's no water in the office to i don't know a client needs something urgently and this needs to be delivered overnight so the range of situations that you can come across is massive but that's part and parcel of setting up a company i think you just need to keep an open mind and say hey this is why i'm in this in the first place and whatever obstacles come while you're trying to achieve your goals so be it just start to go through it yeah that's what most people don't realize is all the tiny details that needs to be taken care of in any kind of business so did you have any investors when you started liquid retail so one of the things that colman and me were very clear of is we wanted some freedom while we were trying to set this up and thus neither him nor i wanted any investors we set this up on our own we put in our own money obviously we had taken we had borrowed some money and all the gratuity that come came from our previous organization so we put in everything and it was all our own funding which kind of meant that we were not driven by pressures of delivering a profit on year 1 or delivering a certain amount of return on year 1 or year 2 we were just focused on building the right value and focusing to do the right thing for the client investment is a good and bad thing i mean sometimes it gets you the money which means that you are off the ground a lot quicker but it also restricts you from doing certain things because you've promised some returns to your investors that can't be really done if you need to do the right thing for your client the objective was to kind of put in your own money and then just do what's right for the client right for the business and push forward that was the right decision that you took at the time because you have seen exceptional growth in the last 6 years can you tell us about that what have you achieved so far We started with one employee in 2016 that was me and today we are a team of 110 people across different offices we have three main offices in Saudi here and Poland we have several teams working across different regions i would say the last 6 years has been awesome it's been a lot of learning but the idea really was to kind of grow quickly add as much value as possible to clients and the last 6 years has basically taught us that if you are constantly delivering and you're delivering what you're promising there is a business out there when it comes to retail shopper marketing does not lend only to offline so also online it kind of taught us that if you have the right message you have the right value eventually you will see success 
But at the time when we started the business, there was no proven model that a shopper marketing agency in this region would work. So it was a risk. You know, as we kind of kept at it, eventually it kind of worked out. The first couple of years were obviously very, very stressful. There was just so much going on. We just didn't have the right amount of funding that we needed, but we scraped through. Cash flow is a massive problem as you kind of build your business. But Six years later, we are happy that we stuck at it. It was a lot of hard work. And the initial guys who joined us, I would say the people who joined Liquid the first two years saw the brunt of it. I mean, there were just a lot of late nights and a lot of weekend work that we all kind of put in to get here. Well done. I mean, you have certainly accomplished a lot. hundred From 1 to 110 in six years is very impressive. Congratulations. What are your predictions for the local e-commerce and retail landscape amid the increasing fuel prices and changing consumer attitudes? So overall, I think the region is very well set up. From an e-commerce standpoint of view, the total e-commerce business in UAE reached over 5 billion in 2021 and is anticipated to reach 8 billion in 2025. I mean, it's a region that's just set up for this. Our mobile use is through the roof. Our digital payments, which is a critical driver for e-commerce, is almost set to increase by 9.5% or 9.4% in 2022. You don't see these things when the local market has great use of digital payments. People are now, I mean, the pandemic was unfortunate, but people are now used to shopping online. The fuel prices is temporarily, you know, every market sees there are ups and downs. You can't really have a stable business. If you're in business, you have to face everyday issues. But the reality is that when you have a strong infrastructure, which UAE does from an internet standpoint, our usage cannot dip because now people have understood that you can shop online, offline. There are a lot of people who are doing a mix of both. So Omnicommerce is here to stay, which means that irrespective of the fuel prices, irrespective of the last mile hiccups that people see, e-commerce will only continue to grow. It's something that I don't think any brand can walk away from. In addition to that, obviously, we have our mobile usage is high, which means that more than double of our population uses two mobiles at the same time, which kind of again then ensures that the online purchasing is going at full flow. Dubai was the right place to start this kind of business. And as you say, it's just growing. There's, it's despite what's going, what's happening, despite the challenges, the growth is still there. The market is still there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, quick commerce with 15 minute delivery times being the norm. How is that affecting the current generation and the economy? I think after Uber, since we started understanding that we can see and track everything that is getting delivered to us, quick commerce was only the right way forward. Obviously, it is some categories do better on QCommerce than others. So it's not a one fit for all, but QCommerce in the region has obviously progressed. You have bigger players now that have jumped into the bandwagon as well. Like Noon today offers quick commerce. They go between anywhere between 15 minutes to 20 minutes on deliveries. They have opened up multiple dark stores, which means that they can fulfill in this time slot. But quick commerce is here to stay. Obviously, the pandemic ensured that the shopper behavior changed. And all of us today shop differently online. But the reality is that the moment you offer them good quality, good value, convenient way to shop, quick commerce kind of 
fuels that even further because if someone has forgotten something to order, you don't need to pre-plan a lot. And this region loves not pre-planning too much, which means that quick commerce fuels that even further. And the reality is that the acceptance and adoption rate is from a number, just from a number standpoint of view in the MENA region is set to reach $47 billion by 2030. This region is one set for this kind of commerce. And then two, it's here to stay because we have the right staffing. If you're doing quick commerce in Europe, you know, they struggle with getting the right staff, they get they struggle with doing the last mile, they struggle with getting the right amount of people to do the work. I think the region, because of the population culture that we have and because of the mix of people we have, it kind of helps having the right staff in the right place across all levels. Excellent. We've certainly learned some new terms today that we don't normally use shopper marketing and quick commerce. So thank you for explaining all of that to us. Just to give our audience some tips and some learning from our discussion here today, what are some do's and don'ts that you would share with somebody who wants to start their own business? I think the most important thing is don't start a new business because you're bored. Don't start a new business because you don't get along with your boss. Don't start a new business because you didn't get a promotion. I think start a new business because you either see a gap in the market and you feel strongly that there is nothing that's similarly placed. Do proper, I wouldn't say research, but do proper due diligence on what you're starting. Let's say tomorrow if I have been in the e-commerce or advertising industry for the last 15 years and I randomly get up in the morning and say, I'm missing a Chinese restaurant in Marina. Let me open a Chinese restaurant. That would be the wrong way to go about it. You need to kind of do your due diligence and understand what you're getting into because an industry always looks easy from out. Every business that is successful looks easy, but to get there, the process is very hard. So don't look at news, don't get carried away by these funding stories that you hear because from the two funding stories you've heard, there are a lot more that haven't got funded and there are a lot more that haven't done the right thing. Before you get up and you say, hey, a trade license is only costing me 15000 I have nothing to lose. Think about it and see if you can put in the right amount of time. If you have a day job that's paying well, if you have a day job that is fulfilling your job satisfaction, is you have a day job that's doing well for you, don't start something just because you want to have a side income, as they call it. It's not the right way to go about it. I think you need to plan your life. Cash flow is always massively a problem at the start. Everything that you kind of think of, double it. So if you are thinking you're going to spend a thousand, double that. If you are thinking you're going to get cash in three months, double that. Because at the end of the day, once you have a business, it needs money. And that money cannot be stopped just because you don't have the income coming in. It's like a plant. You got the plant, then you can't decide that I don't have water at home. That plant needs water. If you got the plant, you need to water the plant every day. And that's what a business is. A business is all about having the right cash flow, having the right product, ensuring that you have thought this through. If you are not different from what the market is offering, then why would people come to you? You need to plan that. And pricing cannot be the only model on why your business would succeed because someone will beat you on price eventually. The question is, are you adding the right value? Does the market have that need? Do you have that cash to support that particular business? for a, over a period amount of time and you know do you have the right competition competition is obviously healthy but if you're selling the exact same product competition is and you're trying to just beat them at a lower price it's not something that you will succeed on a long term so i just hear a lot of conversations about hey i want to start a new business and the question is why and they don't have an answer it's just 
I'm bored. I didn't get a promotion. Uh, I think I'm not being valued. These would be not be the right suggestions on why you would start a new business in the first place. Excellent advice. Yeah, you have to know your why. You have to be filling a gap in the market and going to a business where you have some existing knowledge and understanding. Don't just jump into something that you have absolutely no clue about. I think those were excellent tips. Thank you for sharing that, Sachin. So, Thank you so much for sharing with us what you've done, what's happened with Liquid Retail. Now we've come to the segment of our show where I'll ask you a couple of rapid fire questions, our version of a game show. Are you ready? Absolutely. I don't think I'm ready completely, but I'll give it a shot. Summer or winter? Winter, any day. What's the first thing you notice about someone when you meet them? Their shoes. What's your favorite childhood memory? My visits to my cousin in Bombay every summer. Oh, nice. Lovely. And what is one thing you do every day, no matter how busy you are? I get up and pet my dogs. Thank you very much. Well, that was the end of our game show. So that was easy enough. And you had all the answers at hand. So before we wrap up, I'd like to ask about your green pool moment. What was the action or event that was the turning point for you or your career? Actually, some of it I will take credit for and some of it I won't. My green pill moment, I would say, was in 2013, I packed up my bags. I got an offer to move with Saatchi to Singapore to help the Pampers business there. And my CEO at that time at Saatchi offered me to take over Saatchi X instead. That's what kind of drove me to this path. If I would have gone to Singapore, obviously, liquid would have never happened. My CEO offering me the job and me taking it was the turning point of my green pill moment because it drove me back into retail. It drove me back into shop marketing. That's what kind of drove the last eight, nine years of my life. You were offered the opportunity and you took it on and you just followed that through back to finish full circle to end up at, at retail. Very interesting. Thank you very much, Sachin, for sharing your story with us today. How, what an interesting trajectory your life has taken in so many different fields. My goodness, banking, advertising. So thank you for being here today and for telling us all about that. Before we say goodbye, though, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you? And we'll, of course, put this in the show notes as well. Sure. I mean, you can follow me on LinkedIn. If you just type in Sachin with the double N, J Lala, you will find me um, or you find Liquid and then you'll find me as the employee of Liquid and you can definitely follow me. I hope I'll leave something interesting for you to read every week. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And again, thank you so much for joining me today. It was an absolute pleasure having you and I wish you and Liquid Retail all the very best. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.